0: Oh my god, what's up party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson, and you can find me at Indy Nickerson on Twitter, or you can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter if you are so inclined. This week's episode is The Clue and the Old Stagecoach. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Okay, um, this one was released in 1960. It's like book 37. I'm going to look it up in a a minute, but I'm pretty sure it's book 37. So as previously established, previously on Romancing Nancy Drew, um, this is the first Nancy Drew book that I ever read. And this one was never revised. So the version that I read for this week's episode is the same one that I would have read when I was eight years old and homesick. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by what happened here. And I'm kind of tracing back some shit, like some... Some conflicts, some cognitive dissonance that's been stewing in my head for a hot minute. um this one <laughs> just to set the table for just a tiny brief second because you know that I fucking hate doing research. um that's not true. I love doing research, but this genre does not support it. Ooh, side note, this podcast to me feels like a Friday thing, like a I'm going to put sunglasses on top of my head as a headband and I'm going to go off to the beach and not think about things and also listen to somebody curse for like a solid 45 minutes. But this one's going to be released on a Monday. So mm, if I can get my schedule right, then I'll release another one on Friday. So we'll see. I'm going to work hard. We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, Brown v. Board of Education. And you're like, that was, I'm getting whiplash from that topic shift. Brown v. Board of Education was early 1950s. And that was the United States. Supreme Court ruling, which established that the separate but equal clause regarding um, educational institutions was now not okay. So no segregation anymore. We're going to desegregate. We are going to integrate the schools. Why am I mentioning this? Because Clue and the Old Stagecoach is about a school. (laughs) And I got curious, and I was like, when was Brown? And, uh, okay, like, early 50s. So it would make some sense that that might be something that might be on people's minds at this point. Um, The thing about this, and also because I've always been a fan of the uncanny and the weird, the way that this book opens, I can imagine it definitely when I was eight years old being like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Yes. This book opens with Nancy Bess and George picking their way down a hill. They have left their camp, Camp Merriweather. Which is to take a step back here, like Girl Scout camp, but for rich idle youth. Like it doesn't make any fucking sense. They're there for summer reasons because it seems like every fucking AC Drew book has to be set during the summer. To well, no, that's not true. It's it has to be set during I guess Emerson College breaks so that Ned can make a cameo. Um, but it's summertime. All the girls are eighteen. They're away at summer camp. It's and. It's not like a teenager summer camp. It kind of is a teenager summer camp, but it also feels like maybe some sort of exclusive spa slash hotel slash um, fire festival sort of thing where, like, they just get to hang out and play water polo and tennis. And it's just a bunch of aggressively scheduled sports. So I would fucking hate it. There was nothing that, like, from four to five, we're going to sit and read books. Which would have been exactly my camp, except for it would have been all day and four to five would have been like cinnamon toast and hot cocoa. Thematically appropriate given this week's episode. Um they're picking their way down a hill. They have escaped from Camp they haven't escaped. Like anyway. Um they're leaving Camp Merryweather because somebody in the area they're not at River Heights, they're not near River Heights. I I guess they're near ish River Heights because everybody has already heard of Nancy because as previously established, Nancy really needed to just adopt a secret identity really early on in this series, and she opted not to. So just saying, it would make things easier for undercover work. So somebody in the area has heard of her. What is that person's name? Fuck you for asking. I refuse to look it up. Her name is now going to be Dame Maggie Smith imagine it. She looks like McGonagall from Hogwarts, but we're, we're not going with that now. So she's going to look like Maggie Smith from your favorite Maggie Smith movie. Maybe with some wire rims, maybe looking a tad frail, but also badass. Okay. So Maggie Smith, they're going to go visit her because she's heard of Nancy and she has a thing that she would like Nancy to investigate. So they're picking their way down a hill and all of a sudden they see a fucking stagecoach just rolling down the hill attached to some fake horses. The fake horses are moving at speed, like carousel horses. Um, the girls were like, "What the literal fuck was that? Did we all take acid? Was it in the chicken salad that we had at lunchtime, served on water crackers, and we just did not know it so of course, the girls were like, what the did, did all of you see that and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we saw that. What the fuck so as anyone would, and i 'm going to say I would be one of these people as well. they decide to follow it." <laughs> <laughs> because clearly the clown from it was not poking its head out the window. So they're like, w- I think we'll be safe. Why is this ghost carousel? What's, what's happening? This ghost stagecoach. So they find the stagecoach and it's basically like at the side of the road and like, there's nobody in it. There's nobody that could have been driving it, but they do see that there are two hooks that are attached to the front of it that were clearly being used to tow it or attach it to some vehicle in some way. So they're like, Huh? And clearly, like the horses in front are were are not like mechanical horses. It's not like they were actually pulling it. So their surmise is that probably somebody was towing it and it broke loose and the it just kept going at speed until it lost momentum. Um, It turns out that the dude's name is Jerry. um, His name is Jerry now because I don't fucking care what his name is. Um, Jerry was towing it, didn't realize that it had broken off until he was some distance down the road. Came back and was like, "Oh, thank you so much for finding it." So. Jerry is towing it from, um, Judy Dench's house. Again, I don't remember her fucking name. Um, Judy Dench found it on her property and is being towed to, I believe it's Bridgeville. Again, I don't fucking care or know. Um, I think it's Bridgeville. So Bridgeville has decided that they're going to have basically a like colonial Williamsburg thing happening where they're going to do a 100 years ago village or some shit. So the stagecoach, which is circa 1850, it's going to fit right in. It's going to be perfect. It's been restored and they've got the fake horses attached to it. And so they're going to display it and it's going to be nice. And I guess you can take old Tommy photos in it with some sepia tones, you know, maybe rocking a bordello look, however you want to handle it. So, um, yeah, they're going to set it up and they're like, Oh, you should come check it out. We're, we're setting it up for like the town anniversary next month or some shit. And Nancy's like, that sounds perfect. I love that shit. Let's do it. But she is on her way, as you know, to Dame Maggie Smith's house. So she ain't got time for this shit. So she's like, thank you so much for letting me in on your weird plans. It's cool. Uh, We're going to circle back. Put a pin in it. It's fine. They go to Dame Maggie Smith's house. Dame Maggie Smith, uh, if you are familiar with the series, then you know this. Dame Maggie Smith lives in a kind of rundown-ish house. Like, it's a real old house. Lots of stuff happening it's fine like it's clean because that's how you know she's good people clean equals good people disheveled dirty equals bad people which means that I'm probably bad people so they come in and Dame Maggie Smith is like oh my god thank you so much for coming out I I have a thing and Nancy's like tell me everything I'm here for you if you need some tarot cards read then I will figure that shit out let's do this Dame Maggie Smith tells Nancy that she has an I think he's her great uncle. His name is Abner because all great uncles are named Abner. You need to know this. Um, again, circa 1850 ish was a stagecoach driver and then the railroad came and he was basically out of work, which I thought about and I was like, would it really put you out of work? Because railroads were not exactly put into, I mean, I kind of get it, but also mm, anyway, anyway so his claim was that the stagecoach basically put him out of work and the the train put him out of the stagecoach work so he was despondent he never married he never had children he went away for like 10 years like he was so sad that he just went away for 10 years and then he came back and he was like I have a thing that is really important and then he died before telling anybody and AC's like yes that's that's what great uncles do but it's just a thing that they're into yeah um, so apparently he left behind a letter that breaks off mid-word dramatically because if he had finished the letter, then there would be no book so anyway, so he says that he has left something that he that is very i don't think that he says like important but valuable, something that has historical significance, and something that he wants basically to to help out in the future. I was like. That was very insightful of you, Uncle Abner, who. Mm, anyway. The reason that this is so important A, he says that the clue to it is hidden in a stagecoach, and you're like, <gasps> we have just come across a stagecoach. Mm, it's too early in the book. You know, this is a fucking red herring. The second thing is that Francisville, which is the closest city to where Dame Maggie Smith lives, and also like Camp Merryweather is close to Francisville. Apparently, I don't have all this shit mapped in my head. This is not Lord of the Rings. I don't know where any of this shit is. Anyway, Francisville has recently had two new housing projects put up, and they have so many new people in town that they need to build a new school. And you're like, ah, okay. They need a new school, they need the infrastructure. I could not fucking believe it, because I was reading this book and going, oh my god, they're like, we need to run sewer out there, we need to make sure that we've got, like, the utilities in place, and I was like, oh my god, did she attend a town board meeting, because she's on point with all this shit, she's, she's got it, so they need to run, like, water and sewer out there, they need to make sure they've got all that shit in place, and again, the town is the one who would bankroll most of this shit, and this is post-World War II, so you're not gonna have a bunch of, like, I mean, you're going to have some federal government money that is available for it, but it's, it's a lot of money for them to put up, put up for this stuff. Oh, my God. If, I mean, if you think about it, a lot, of, a lot of town infrastructure is like 100 years old, and you're like, yeah, I've thought about it often. Thank you for bringing that up. Anyway, so they need to build a new school, and this whatever Uncle Abner hid or was leaving to for future reasons um, might be a good way to finance the school is Dame Maggie Smith's thought, and Nancy's like, that's fantastic. I love this. Yes, I'm all about helping out children, and when I was reading this currently, I was thinking, and it makes a lot of sense that you have a lot of people moving into the area. Mm, we could have a situation where we would need an, a new integrated school. Mm, so, Mm, I, yeah, there's there's a lot here. And I, especially when it was like housing project, it wasn't even like suburbs. It was like housing project. And I was like, that's interesting to me as well. It sounds like maybe apartments or maybe like lower cost housing. So like I was reading a lot between the lines here, but I was like, I'm feeling pretty confident in this guest. So Nancy's like, yes, fuck yes. Let's do this. Sign me up. Let's do this. When they hear a creak from outside and they're like, what the fuck? So they fling open the door and it's the two clowns, I have been following them around this whole time. Okay, side note. What I believe happens in these books is that there are like master swindlers. They're real good at their jobs. They love what they do. They're, and they get away with it. But whenever some people come on the scene who are like, hey, we are baby swindlers, and we do not know what we are doing yet. The master swindlers are like, hey, I've got a fantastic idea for you. Why don't you follow Nancy Drew around? Because she knows what What shit is happening? She is always uncovering, like, ancient artifacts and also valuable lost possessions, so go for it. You need to follow her around. They take this advice, and they're like, fuck yeah. The master ones, the ones who get away with this shit, are like, we're not going near her. She always gets people arrested. (laughs) So they just get rid of the competition this way. So my theory is that Ross and Audrey, who are the clowns, um, um, got that they got that memo and they were like fuck yeah we're gonna follow around fantastic yes so they follow nancy and her friends to dame maggie smith's house and they're sitting outside listening when dame maggie smith is like yes my uncle hid this clue in the stagecoach to and i'm not sure how much of this have they ever heard but they overheard heard enough to know that it was something that was apparently going to be like special financially important blah blah, blah. and they were like yes looking at each other, like in that panel of that one comic, just looking at each other going, this is perfect. So when Nancy and her friends open up the door, they're like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Russ and Audrey are like, we were just like looking at homes in the area. And this looked like a nice one. I mean, look, we're going to take some selfies in the yard. It is just so quaint and picturesque. And Nancy's like, Huh. Dame Maggie Smith is like, D- I mean, do y'all want some tea or whatever? And Nancy's like, they can have ice water and it will be outside. Like, she ain't here for this shit. So, Nancy's like, okay, so we legit just ran into a stagecoach. Like, do you think that might be it? And Homegirl is like, girl, I don't know. There's no telling where that fucking stagecoach ended up. All I can tell you is that Uncle Abner did not come back home with it. I was not there at the time. So, Nancy has to find the stagecoach. Clearly. I mean, why would you look any further? At least check out the stagecoach that legit just drove by on with ghosts. Just check that shit out first. If it's haunted, feels like a good bet. So they get rid of the clowns, the the stupid swindling clowns, um, and they decide to go call on Judy Dench, who again is the one who found the stagecoach. And she's, Nancy's like, hey, so can you give us an idea about where the stagecoach came from? And Judy Dench is like, hell yeah, I can. I found it in my barn and I had it restored and it's fabulous. And Nancy's like, I'm loving every part of your story. Do you know like who owned it before you? And she was like, mm, I mean, not really. And Nancy's like, didn't Uncle Abner ever stay here? And Judy Dench is like, not so much that I have heard. Also, would you like some cinnamon toast? I don't remember who kept serving these girls cinnamon toast, so it's going to be everybody. Just know that. It's not the cereal. It's legit stuff. Also with cocoa. i just let you know. So, um, they get permission from her to inspect the stagecoach because they explain to her like, A, there are clowns chasing us. Not like scary it clowns, just a, a pair of punks they are described as, I love this, about 30, because you know that if some people of about 30 are hanging out at the fire Festival, that they are up to no good. So, Russ and Audrey, who are just, you know, just hanging out, just waiting for any morsels to drop from the lips of Nancy and her friends, because they're the worst. Um, Nancy's like, we need to be careful about those bitches, but anyway, so, can we inspect the stagecoach? She's like, fuck yeah, I I love it, every part of it, and Nancy's like, okay, if we find a clue, like, you're okay with this, and she's like, absolutely, so they do track down the stagecoach, they search it all over, they look for any sort of hidden place, um, Bez finds a newspaper from, like, 1850 in the, like, storage box, and she's like, uh, maybe, and then she's like, no, it's just a really fucking old newspaper, so there's nothing. There's nothing really in the stagecoach. Nancy's like, I mean, I could fucking take it apart. Like, legit, just take that fucker apart. But that's kind of beyond my purview. So um, she does ask. She's like, hey, you know, would it be okay if we, like, legit just dismantle this bitch? And Judy Dench is like, I mean, yeah, uh, it's okay. So, they go in, and they they take apart as much as they can, but when they have somebody come out to inspect it, who's, like, a carpenter, he's like, there's nowhere on this that, like, I'm seeing any place that anybody could be fucking with it. It's just, it's just what it appears to be, basically. It's just a fucking stagecoach. And he's like, okay, okay, that's, okay. So, red herring, sure. Sounds good. All right, let's get to the fucking secondary plot on this bitch, which is... Nancy, Best, and George have been dating other people. Yes, this hurts me as much as it hurts you. I can I can feel the disappointment emanating from you. And it's true. It's correct. That is what you should be feeling right now. Um, his name is Rick. One of the other ones is named Hobie. It's H-O-B-E. I was like, so that's clearly short for something, but I refuse to look it up. And the third guy, I can't even remember his name. I just remember Hobie because I was like, this is sticking out to me because it's such a fucking weird nickname. So... Rick has been dating Nancy, um, and when I say dating, I mean, like, between Nancy going off to investigate clues, and he's like, what, what have y'all been up to, and Nancy's like, don't you worry your pretty little head about it, bitch, you are here to accompany me to dances, and tell me that it'll look cute, and then do whatever the fuck else I say, and Rick's like, I'm here for this shit, so, anyway, so yeah, they, they have dances, and eventually, um, Nancy tells, the dingbats, the three stooges, I don't, I don't give a fuck what their names are, um, so she tells them, she's like, okay, so these dingbats have been following us around, these people in legit clown wigs who look like Ronald McDonald and Ronald McDonald's wife have been following us around, so we need to keep track of what they are doing, and so the dingbats, the three stooges are like, fuck yeah, we're here for this shit, so they're like, yes, let's track them, okay, so that's that's what they're up to. I need to I cannot emphasize this enough. I don't know what Rick looks like, nor do I care. Like the book the book gives zero fucks about this. He is a warm body who is there to accompany Nancy on various adventures. There's no making out. It's clear that he is like smitten, but Nancy does not appear to give any fucks. She's like, We've had some fun on our dates. Whatever. To the point that up until, like, page 100, Ned gets zero mentions. And I was like, this was the first book I read, but I also love how it plays out. Anyway, so, um, there's that. So, Nancy and her friends go back to talk to Maggie Smith. Yes, okay. Maggie Smith, one who had Uncle Abner. Judy Dench, one who had the stagecoach restored for the Bridgeville thing. Okay, so, Maggie Smith is, like they're like, do you have any other clues? Is there like an old book, anything that you can tell us? And so Maggie Smith tells them that her uncle Abner stayed at a farm nearby. Like, apparently he like left the family home. He was just so distraught over everything that he stayed there. He may have done other stuff. Cause again, he was away for 10 years. Um, but where he was at the end was apparently there, and so she's pretty sure that if he hid the stagecoach, as he says that he did, that it was probably there on maybe that property. So, Nancy gets her to give a map of where that property is. She goes to it, and she finds out that it's no longer property of the family that originally owned it at that time. Like, it's passed through several pairs, several sets of hands, and now it's being rented out to a family with a young child. His such situ- like apparently he has some sort of health thing going on and so they were like you know it would be good for you fucking farming and i was like somebody who is having health and ins- problems i can't imagine them being like you know what you need to do fucking work and from the second you get up at 4am until you go to bed at like 8pm you need to work every single second of that just digging a hoe into the ground but anyway so he has their little baby who is like under a year old like a little tiny thing so Nancy goes to their farm and she's like, "Hey, can we look around on your property?" And they're, uh, did they buy it? I don't think they bought it. I could be wrong. Like maybe they did. Anyway, so Nancy's like, "Can we look around your property? Um, is there anything that you've noticed? Have you have you run across an old stagecoach?" And they're like, "No, uh, we have not." So weird story. Nancy's like, what about in the building? Any, anything, any hints of stage coaching, any, any wheels that are just inexplicable? They're like, no, um, no, can't, can't think of any, can't, can't think of any. So. Um, Nancy's and her friends search the house and I'm like, find some witch shit, just find any, anything, find a vial with some nails in it and some mysterious fluid, but no, they do not. They do find a loose floorboard. And when they peel up the floorboard, they find some notes underneath that are written in old fashioned handwriting. And they say like buried on October 13th, 1852. And Nancy's like, Oh, and there are like 40 of these little slips. And each of them say, like, buried on. And Nancy and her friends look at each other and they're like, shit just got creepy. The the couple is like, huh, okay, cool. And Nancy's like, can, can we take these for handwriting reasons? And they're like, fuck yeah, you can. Go do it. So they take it back to Maggie Smith and Maggie Smith is like, yes, I've got a sample of his handwriting. So she pulls it out and she looks at it and she goes, yeah, his his handwriting's like a little bit shaky in these notes that she found buried into the floorboards. But yeah, this is still his. And Nancy's like, do you have any fucking clue what this could mean? And the woman's like, no, no. So Nancy's theory about this is that the great uncle lovingly, carefully dismantled the stagecoach packed it into boxes and buried it each individual piece because he loved it so fucking much that's her working theory she's like it explains everything and I was like this this feels like a bit of a leap I mean he could have sold it to somebody anyway but she's she's decided that's it and so of course that's it like she has zero other theories this is it this is the one that she reaches so they have to find the burial location, so she asks the farmer and he 's like uh the there's really nowhere other than this one specific place that I can imagine that it wouldn't have been already found so it's like this little like wooded hilly area that's on the property that's that's been there all along, so they go to investigate that like Nancy and her friends take like shovels and everything. They also take the baby, um so the baby apparently has this little like to go cage." <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, we've, we've all seen the pictures, but it legit sounds like they have like a little baby cage on wheels that they're like, okay, baby, let's go over here. Stay in your little cage. Um, so they put it under a tree while they're digging. It's like a little field trip for baby. Um, when Bess is like, Oh my God, George, look out. And this giant dead limb falls off the dead tree and almost hits George. And Nancy's like, son of a bitch. So she runs over to the porta. Porter cage, and she wheels the baby out of the way just before another branch hits where the baby was, and the wife is like, maybe I should take the baby inside, and everybody's like, yeah, you fucking should, so Bess had the the um, cook at the camp fix them a picnic lunch, and so the husband's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the house, because apparently Nancy and her friends were like, it's only enough for us, I don't know, I was like, a bit sketchy, I feel, he's really helping you out here, and you're like, yeah, go home for lunch, go home, we know that you have little money, go do it, anyway, so they're sitting out there, and they actually notice that, um, the clowns have appeared, and they're like, hey, so just, huh, when they go back to the house after they finish, and the wife is like, hey, have some cold water, also some clowns visited, and Nancy's like, and what the fuck did they have to say, and the wife is like, they just asked if this farmer over the property of blah, blah. And they were like, oh, it looks like you're doing some farming over there. Like they were clearly fishing for information and the wife didn't give many any needs. He's like, good. Set fire to them if they come back. <laughs> anyway, so clearly they've been following Nancy around. Okay. Um, the other weird thing that happens actually is I can't remember exactly like what Nancy's doing at the time. I think that it's possible that she's maybe inspecting the stagecoach or something, but anyway, there's a fucking explosion, like with dynamite explosion and everybody in town is talking about it and they're like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck? And no one knows what caused it. No one knows what's going on. The other thing that happened that I forgot to mention earlier is that Nancy was visiting um, Maggie Smith, and this was like her first visit, okay? This was her first visit after the fucking clowns were like, so we were just taking selfies in the yard because this place is so fantastic. Um, Look at these daffodils. So this dude in a fucking MAGA hat with truck nuts comes up to them and is like, what do you think you're doing here? And Nancy's like, nothing, fuck nuts. Fuck nuts what what is it to you and he's like you're not from around here and Nancy's like and your point being and he's like we don't like change around here we do not we don't want that school so you need to just step the fuck off and Nancy's like i'm sorry am i your town council like why don't you choke on your own shit like what are what the fuck are you doing and he's like well, will just just know that some bad things will happen to you if you don't walk away from this and Nancy's like cool. Go the fuck home. So I'm not, I don't remember his name. I don't, I don't remember it. Nor do I care. MAGA hat is going to be his name now. So, um, Nancy runs into him like, I think she's, like, in town at the drugstore or some shit when Maga Hat comes in. Oh, she, like, actually goes into town to, like, ask questions to see if they know anything about the stagecoach, about Uncle Abner, anything like that. So she goes into the drugstore, and, like, Maga Hat's nearby, and he's like, you're still in town? And Nancy's like, and you're still ugly? So there's that going for you. Um, So she goes in, and she's like, I'm going to buy some cosmetics. It's just adorable. Anyway, so she's talking to people around town, and nobody can really help her out with, like where the stagecoach might be, anything like that. They're all excited about the new, like, exhibit. They're excited about the prospect of the new school. Like, everybody that Nancy talks to. She's like, so what do you know about Fuck Nuts? And they're like, yeah, he's just that kind of bitch. Like, he got deep into QAnon, and he has just not been the same since. And we all just kind of avoid him because he's the worst. And Nancy's like, that tracks. So, the explosion happens, and Nancy's like... Is it possible that Fucknuts and his QAnon buddies are, like, trying to blow shit up, trying to dissuade people from being in town? Like, maybe they're trying to scare people off because they don't want progress? Like, she doesn't say it with all the profanity, but it's really close to that is the idea that she has, and I was like, I like how sophisticated this is getting. I like it. Anyway, so no one knows what the fuck is going on and later on um there's a dance at uh, Bess and George are like doing tennis doubles like all they're like oh look at the time we've got to go back to camp for tennis doubles And I'm like it's fucking summer camp like oh my god what what are they do they also have like a meet with Kanye West after like why why would you need anyway but hey, I guess their family shelled out, like, 50 grand for this or whatever the fuck, so, anyway, um, which Russ and Audrey are like, so, we can play tennis doubles as well, and Bess and George are like, oh, no, we have other people lined up for that, why don't you just go die in the lake, I don't know, so, anyway, um, Yeah, there's a bunch of like, oh, no, there's an activity that we promised we'd be in. That Nancy blows off all of them. I love it for her. Like, Bess and George are like, yeah, we've got shit to do. And Nancy's like, I ain't tying another knot. I ain't making another bead necklace. I'm going to be out doing shit. Like, they can just do whatever. So, that night, there's a dance that Nancy decides to wear a, like, nicely tailored yellow and white dress to that Rick, who, again can just choke on all kinds of everything. Um, it's like, oh my god, you look really pretty. And Nancy's like, I know. Um, let's track these clowns who have been chasing me. Let's just let's just see how that plays out. So Nancy and Rick actually follow Fucknuts to a secondary location to where the dynamite was going on earlier that day. Another guy walks up and then they see somebody that they're pretty sure is Fucknuts, aka MAGA hat. Um so they follow them. They don't get close enough to hear what's going on. But it's something like, we should try another place. And Rick notices that the cane that Russ is carrying around is making a clicking sound. And he's like, there's a Geiger encounter in there. Or something similar to that. And Nancy's like, why the fuck would they have a Geiger counter out here? And he's like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. So so they're near the cave-in site. And Nancy and, her, Nancy and Rick are listening. Um, Nancy at this point in the narrative, has gotten down on her hands and knees, gotten on her chest in the dirt, and is, like, army crawling toward the site. And I'm like, bitch, you look like you just climbed out of an open grave. Like, oh my god. Anyway, so they get close enough to note that, like, they're about to, somebody's about to come up on them, so they need to get away from this. So, they, Nancy and Rick look at each other, and they're like, okay, let's make a break for it, let's let's go, like, we've seen that they're out here, we've seen that they've decided that apparently this is not the right place, And well, let's go, so they start back to their car, when all of a sudden they hear a scream, and when they look down there, um, because they run back to the side because apparently they're at the top of a cliff or some shit, um, they see Russ and Audrey, who are, like, apparently got caught in some sort of landslide, or cave-in, or something, and, um, and they're like, "Fuck, what should we do?" The the whoever the co-conspirators were, because they were like one or two other people are are gone earlier in the narrative. Because I completely fucking forgot about this until exactly this moment. Um, when they were trying to search that stagecoach, remember the first one? Because you're like, yes, of course, there's going to be a second stagecoach. Um, somebody fucking stole it. And I think that that might be the incident that like maybe the explosion distracted people enough that, that they were able to grab the stagecoach. But anyway, something happened. Mm, It got stolen from Jerry. Like Jerry was on the way and he didn't show up and everybody was like really worried about him. And then he says that some people basically hijacked his truck and took it. Um, They call the cops. Nancy calls the cops and they get the cops out there and they're going along their route trying to figure out what happened when the stagecoach like, they eventually figure out that the stagecoach probably, Nancy's like, okay, if they didn't attach it to their own vehicle, then, like, they took it somewhere so that they could inspect it, and so she finds it down a hill, and she hears somebody, whenever they find it, she hears somebody whistle, and the people who are down there, like, with axes and hacksaws and everything, like, trying to get into it run off, so she knows that they apparently have a co-conspirator who, ha- who is whistling, so that's fun um and also when somebody got hijacked it might have been when Jerry got hijacked that he was tied with sailor's knots and you're like of course sailor's knots of course sure this seems like it will be important later so they find the the this the earlier stagecoach they find it down the hill and they know that somebody whistled which and I don't think that the place where they the cave-in happened, the, you know, the dynamite and whatever. I don't think that that's the same place that Nancy's finding here, but it might be. Anyway, so they go down there. They find Russ and Audrey. They actually, Nancy and Rick fucking drag them back up the hill because, again, they don't want to leave them down there if there's about to have be any more, like, avalanche or cave-in or any sort of, like, disruption. They don't want them to die. They hate them, but they don't want them to die. So they drag them up the hill and leave them at the top, like, near their car and then they're like, and we're just going to leave them here. We're not going to leave a note. It's fine. That's why you always leave a note. Um, they're like, yeah, it, they're they're going to wake up and realize that somebody helped them, but not know who it is. And we're not going to tell them. So that's going to be fun for them. We like to play mind games with clowns. <laughs> and that's what they do, uh, Nancy and Rick go back to the hotel, um, Rick's like, and we're clearly gonna need to get cleaned up, so I'll be back with you in 20, and so Nancy and Rick go back to their separate rooms, clean up, go back to the dance, as though nothing's happened, and I was like, except for you're clearly gonna be wearing another dress, and I'm sure you'll have an excuse for that, so that's fun, and, um, Rick and Audrey come back to the park, rick and audrey listen to me ross and audrey come back to the party and they're like so that was weird and they just don't interact with anybody and go back to their rooms and nancy's like yeah fuck yeah bitches because it's weird um yeah so nancy's still trying to figure out like what the fuck to do because when they go out and they're digging at the farm slash property slash rental property slash uncle abner's last rental place or whatever the fuck um they found some wheels and then they found like a Bridle, and it's all, like, in, like, in really bad condition, like, you look at it, and it may fall apart, when the farmer is, like, yeah, um, I, I think that probably this is just a farm wagon, like, it doesn't look like a stagecoach, um, yeah, sorry, so probably it just, like, broke or something, and got dragged here, and then just gradually got buried, and George is, like, Oh, it's actually best. Best is like, soon we're going to find a horse skeleton and I'm not here for that shit. So let's, let's just call it a day. So they haven't found anything yet that would give them a really good clue about where it is. And so Nancy's been puzzling over it. She calls her father who, okay. When I read this, I was like, what the literal fuck? Um, while Nancy's away at Camp Merryweather slash the fire festival, um, Carson is staying at his quote club, like As though it's some sort of weird club slash hotel, I was like, what the fuck? Is it the YMCA? Is he staying over at the YMCA? Are there depths of Carson's soul that I have not yet plumbed that I need to know everything about? So, and Hannah's visiting relatives. So the house is closed up. So Nancy calls it her father's club and she's like, can you interrupt the debauchery that he's currently involved in and get him to answer the phone? So he comes to the phone and he's like, okay, so tell me what you've done so far. And Nancy explains and he goes, okay, so it sounds like you're, you're doing everything that I can imagine that you would do. So, huh, maybe, are you sure that Uncle Abner like didn't have any property nearby? Like maybe some family property? And Nancy's like, shit, Yeah. Yeah, let me, let me look into that. Let me look into that. So Carson contacts a local lawyer to look into that so that Nancy doesn't have to do some fucking title searching. Um, meanwhile, the clowns, Ross and Audrey, have gone to, I believe it's the farmer's home. And so they have said that, oh, we're trying to track down, um, where our uncle Abner Longstreet was because he's our relative and um, we're inheriting everything from him, so, and the farmer's like, sure, Jan, because they don't give a fuck, and Nancy's like, is it fucking possible that they are related to, mm. so she also gets a lawyer to look into that, she's like, did he get married, because everybody's saying he never married, never had kids, so that would complicate things, and she asks her father, she's like, what would that do, and he's like, it kind of depends on how the will was worded, so, so there's that, so that's fun. Um, Nancy's still puzzling over everything when Bess and George come in and they're like she looks so sad we need to cheer her up and I was like I know where this should be going but I was wrong Um, Bess and George come back in George is dressed as Russ and Bess is dressed as Audrey and the which for Bess that means that she's wearing the reddest lipstick and nail polish that she can find and they're like oh my gosh look at these amazing earrings that are in your jewelry box that we're just going to take for because we're bad people and they're just like and George is carrying a cane that she's like swinging around and like just making all sorts of gestures just to just to be like fucking bitches, which I was like, I both love this, and I'm taken aback by it, so they're, they're basically just doing a caricature of what Russ and Audrey have been doing, when, of course, Russ and Audrey knock on the door, and they're like, hey, Nancy, did you want to, what's, what's going on in here, and Nancy's like, nothing, (laughs) I cannot deny that I love how much of a bitch she is in this book, because she looks at them, and she's like, if they don't know, then I'm not gonna fucking tell them, and if they do know, then it serves them right, and I was like, Wow Queen Queen. Anyway, so Bess and George are like, Oh, we need to go get clean up for dinner and they're like, What were you two doing? And they're like, Nothing Which like not even a hint of embarrassment and I was like, I love it. I love that energy. I don't know that I approve of the way it's being used, but I love it. So um Russ and Audrey are like, We should all go out somewhere Nancy's like, No, and they're like, well, wait, what are you about to do? Tell, tell us everything. And Nancy's like, no. And they're like, but what? Anyway, so they stall enough that Nancy's like, okay, I've really got to ask you to leave. Like she legit says, I have to ask you to leave now. And they're like, but. And she, Nancy's like, I'm leaving my room now. So she walks out in the hallway. They follow her, and then she walks back into her room and shuts the door. And I was like, yes, again, the energy that we all need. So. She's like, they're gonna follow me whatever the fuck I do, so, you know, let's make it count. She, um, there's another explosion. Actually, this explosion happens after Russ and Audrey have abruptly left the fire Festival slash Camp Merriweather, um, They leave a note for Nancy like Audrey calls Nancy on the phone she's like hello because she's very excited she's like maybe this is breaking the case and it's Audrey and Audrey's like we found something why don't you come see us at this dilapidated old farmhouse on Monday morning and Nancy's like it's it's Saturday now what Audrey's like yeah it's gonna be great you should come out and Nancy's like, okay, wh- where's the number where I can reach you if, if like, I can't make it on Monday, and Audrey's like, if you don't show up by noon, then we'll know that you're not coming by, and Nancy's like, immediately it's like, this is a trap, and then she's like, but maybe it's an important clue, so I'm gonna have to do it, so she calls the cops, because as we've established, the cops are the Drew's personal security force, you know this, so she calls them, and she's like, hey, it's some fucking bitch-ass clowns, not the insane clown posse, they're nowhere near that cool, have summoned us to a dilapidated farmhouse and we ain't feeling it so can you just hang out in the woods and make sure that nothing happens and they're like fuck yes we're on this shit let's do it so the girls go out there and there's no one there no one answers the door no one answers their knock they look around they're like yeah this just looks like a dilapidated old farmhouse when there's another explosion and like chunks of farmhouse are flying everywhere chunks of farmhouse are flying into the convertible it's just real real bad um and the cops don't show up and Nancy's like huh and Bess is like did they even come out here and Nancy's like I'm sure they're saying that we're fine and they're not giving a fuck it's fine just maybe they're tracking down leads who the fuck cares of course Russ and Audrey don't show up and Nancy's like that sounds about right bitches did you try to kill me or was this just a coincidence so of course at this point she's like y'all can just die in hell it's fine so the thing that Nancy... Oh, let me back up slightly. Um, yeah, let's do that right after a break. Okay, so some shit goes down and I don't remember in what order any of this happens. Um, Dame Maggie Smith, who is a stamp enthusiast, is she's into philately. Um, she's like, Nancy, did you know that there are Benjamin Franklin stamps that were, that were put into circulation in 1851? She, she actually has a stamp collection that she is very proud to show off to Nancy, and Nancy's like, this is really cute, and Maggie Smith is like, yes, so if I had, say, for example, some Benjamin Franklin stamps from 1851 that had never been circulated, that were, had never been broken up, like, that were still in blocks, so like a set of four, she was like, they would be worth, like, just a ridiculous amount of money now, she's like, I don't have anything near that fancy, but I've got some really cool stamps, and Nancy's like, I love that for you, keep that enthusiasm, girl. Second thing, Camp Merriweather slash the fire festival is having a water ballet and all three, the girls were invited to, um, do tryouts basically. So they go up for tryouts and they're like, yeah, we're going to do like synchronized swimming. And then they do some like ridiculous clowning around and everybody in the audience is like, yeah, that was really cute. So they are called upon to do it for the actual thing. Third thing. That was, like, the one thing that Nancy consents to be involved in at uh, this fire Festival. The third thing is that Bess, I think, receives a letter that says that Ned Nickerson and his homies are going to be making a cameo. And they go to Nancy, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is such great news. And he's like, yeah, it is. You know, I love banging that man. And they're like, what about Rick. And Nancy says, and I read this very closely, Nancy pretends to be concerned for a minute and then she's like, some things have a way of working themselves out. And I was like, is Ned going to kill him? Like, did she write to Ned and be like, this man is paying me attention and I need you to kill him? Like, what the fuck? But like 12 hours later, Rick is like, Nancy, I need to talk to you. And you're like, oh shit, he's pregnant. Um, He's like, Um, we have to go home there's been an illness in the family and we have to go home and and we have to leave tonight and Nancy's like oh that I hope your dad's okay bye and like the guys are like peace out y'all and I was like did Ned poison his father the the intrigue here the other thing the other thing that I thought of when I was like how why the fuck would Nancy say something so incredibly fucking cryptic like this is that Rick has been Ned the whole time, and I was like, I love every part of this. Maybe Rick has a mustache, and it's just Ned in a mustache, or maybe some Clark Kent glasses, where he's like, no one will know it's me, Um, but I do love the fact that Ned's disguise is apparently so good that it's full of Bess and George. Like, I was like, you never seen Ned and Rick at any place at the same time. Oh my god. Anyway, so they're excited that the boys are going to come, and did I mean that? Probably. Um, and one thing that they do talk about is they're like, we are going to need some warm bodies, and apparently Rick and his homies are going home. So mm, I mean, it is the fire festival. It's been weird. It's been real weird. So Nancy gets a oh she goes to the attorney's office, the one that her father recommended um, that she get in contact with. So she goes to his office and she finds MAGA Hat slash Fucknuts in the um in the the waiting area. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Nessie's like, what the fuck are you doing here? I'll say you're really good at whistling. And he's like, I mean, I am what? And she's like, yeah, I thought so, bitch. She's pretty sure that he was the lookout whenever she saw the stagecoach, like, about to be attacked by some ruffians. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And like, sure you don't, bitch. The other weird thing that happened is that somebody actually went into Dame Maggie Smith's house and fucking tied up her ass and searched it, like ransacked her fucking house. So anyway, what what Nancy learns from the um, attorney is that apparently Abner's, whoever Abner's um, direct line is, They had, like, 11 children, so the family land got divided up among the 11 children, and of the land divisions, I think that only three of them are still in the family, and the rest of them have been um, sold or otherwise dispersed with. So Nancy's like, okay, that's good to know, because she's pretty sure that, or the idea that her father gave her was that wherever Abner put the stagecoach at the time, it was probably going to be on family land, not land that he was renting, which makes sense. You know, you'd want to keep it in the family. So that's also when Nancy's like, okay, if it is buried on that land, then, you know, what's, what happens? And Carson's like, yeah. And the attorney's like, that entirely depends on who owns land now. Because when she found out about the stagecoach that, um, Judy Dench had, she was like, oh, well, you know, if it's in her stagecoach, then can she claim, like, any sort of ownership of whatever the treasure is or the, whatever the the mystery is. And it turned out to be like, she was like, I'm fine with donating whatever you find. So it's not going to be a big deal because she really wants to help with the school, but she doesn't have enough money. She's got enough money to restore stagecoaches, but not enough to build a school. And I was like, that, yeah, that seems reasonable. So in that case, it was pretty clear, but in this case, it's not as clear. And you're like, it's going to work out though. I've got faith. I've got Tinkerbell faith. That's fine. I'm going to clap hard and it's going to work. So, um, I think actually Nancy decides to, after, after the boys show up and when they show up, they have crew cuts and they are sunburned for the summer. And Nancy's like, hell yeah, bitch. Let's, let's do this. I was like, also it's Rick without a mustache, but it's fine. Um, they decide to take the boys to Maggie Smith's house. And that's when they find Maggie Smith fucking tied up with fucking sailor knots. Nancy's like... Ned, what type of knots are these? And he's like, clove hitches. This is what sailors do. And it's like, that's why I love having you here. You'd like Wikipedia, but follow me around. So, um, like Bert and Dave go outside and they find some footprints and they find they're leading to property and they find a glove. And so by the time the police show up after they've been called, like, Ned's like, yes, they used clove hitches, and then Bert and Dave are like, yes, and here's some footprints, it looks like about this size shoe, and we found a glove, and the cops are like, are are y'all like professional detectives? And they're like, uh, no, but Nancy has trained us well, and they're like, fuck yeah, she has, you're doing great, and I was like, this is why this is why no one trusts the cops, it's because they don't have Nancy and her friends, and they're otherwise complete idiots, so anyway, Nancy asked, like, you know, the people who came in, like, what, what were they after, and Maggie Smith's like, they, they said, where's the, the treasure, where's Abner Longstreet's treasure, so Nancy's like, okay, yeah, they're, they're just stepping shit up a notch, huh, okay, okay, good to know, so they um, let her relax for a while and and help her out. They have to take her somewhere. I don't remember where. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I think they have somebody come stay with her because, of course, if they don't want the bad people to come back and, and harass her anymore, and, and she already seems nervous enough. So anyway... Um, Nancy is in her room and she starts considering it and she turns over the slips of paper which to this point they had not I don't think noted that there's some little marks on the paper that appear to be doodles that just seem meaningless and Nancy's like huh so she ends up putting all the doodles together and she finds something and she says this represents a railroad semaphore and I was like sure Sure, I can completely buy that she would be able to recognize that because she is a fount of knowledge that otherwise would be completely useless. So she decides to look at the map of the property that would have been an Abner's family, and she finds that part of it had a railroad that ran through it, which makes sense. I mean, I think that they... I can't remember if it's that book. I feel like it might be. Um, That, yeah, the railroad came in, bought a bunch of land, Like, and, and that was part of how they basically, like, disrupted that way of life, which again makes it interesting The Fuck Nuts is like, we don't like progress, and you're like, so you don't like the railroad? Dipshit, do you have a TV? Anyway. Oh, also, when he was waiting in the waiting room at the attorney's office, he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, I'm here on business, and it's going to take all afternoon, and fuck you, and have an appointment, and fuck you. And Nancy's like, okay. So she goes up to the receptionist. She's like, hey, uh, Nancy Drew. And she's like, go right ahead, girl And Nancy's like, that's right, bitch. So anyway. And... She does call the attorney later, and she's like, so what did Fugnos have to say to you? And he's like, he is, first off, he's not a client, so there's no conflict there. Second, he was asking about, he wanted to sell some land that there was no clear title to, but it's not related to what you were talking about anyway, so it's fine. I got rid of him in 30 minutes, it's fine. And he's like, good to know. So, um, I think the second explosion, they had not figured out, like, where it was, or what it was, like, who did it. I was like... I feel like you guys are being super low-key about something that I would be completely fucking freaked out about, but okay. So, when Nancy finds the, um, railroad semaphore notation, um, she looks at the map and she finds that Long, the Longstreet family had attractive land that it would have made sense that, that probably a semaphore would have been located on that land. So, at this point, it's like two o'clock in the fucking morning. So Nancy calls Ned's room and she's like, hey, are are you up? And he's like, girl, you know it. She's like, I need us to go out and dig a, some railroad line. And he's like, I, I, give me five minutes. Let me put some clothes on. We're good. So she gets all of her friends up out of bed and they're like, Nancy, what the fuck are you doing? Nancy's like either eloping or digging up some railroad line. So she also goes to the front desk and she's like, can we have six shovels? And they're like, bitch, we know you. We got them lined up already. So they go out there. Um, they all pile into the same cargo out there. They find the appropriate place and they start digging and they dig up like fucking 20 boxes at least of stagecoach pieces so they keep digging them up and they're in like really, really excellent condition. And, um, but they're not finding anything. They then find an envelope that's on top of one of them. Like they open the box and they're like, Oh my God, the envelope. And I think it's Ned who's holding it at the time. And he's, he wants to give it to Nancy so that she can be the one to open it because it's her mystery and Ned loves her and they're going to get married and have a all the joy and happiness in the world, um, when all of a sudden all of them start passing the fuck out, and Nancy's like, what the fuck? And she looks over, and of course, it's um, it's a guy that she's seen before. It's the guy that she had seen with Russ and, and whatever the fuck her name is, Audrey. Um, yeah, and they've got sleeping gas that they're just pumping in, and then they reach out and just take the fucking envelope, and they're like, thank you, and Nancy's like, what the fuck? So then all of them come to and are like, It's, like, morning at this point, and they're, like, what the fuck? And Nancy's, like, son of a fucking bitch. Like, they just took it out of our fucking hands. And Ned's, like, so I'm gonna go get the cops and some breakfast, and I'll be right back. And Nancy's, like, I've got a feeling that they didn't get whatever it was. And the other people are, like, what? And Nancy's, like, first off, it can't end this way. Second, I just got a feeling and you're like, "Of course." So, they keep digging and they find an upholstered seat. I can't remember which upholstered seat, and Nancy notes a very small, it looks like an intentional cut in the upholstery. So, she sticks her fingers in there and she finds a note. And she gets really excited about it. Um also, there's one point that... And I think it's maybe near the time of the explosion that Nancy sees. And I'm pretty sure it's um, Judy Dench at that point. She's like, hey, um, they're going to do like a photo shoot with the stagecoach as like publicity. And like for, a, I think, a newspaper article. So can you guys go out there? And so Nancy, Ned, Best, George, Dave, and Bert. This is before the thing that I was just talking about. Go out there and get dressed up in fancy sepia-toned outfits. And like, pose with the stagecoach, which I think Bert's like, I never knew that my legs were this thin until I poured myself into this outfit. George, who was wearing, like, a, a fucking bonnet, is like, I should have curls hanging out of this thing. I probably look like a lady convict, and I was like, I'm loving everything about this because, of course, George has short hair. Anyway, uh, George falls off the top of the stagecoach because, of course, she does. She refuses to get inside the stage coach. <laughs> So she falls off the top when it, like, jerks into motion because it's being drawn. But anyway, so that's fun. Nancy's like, yeah, we're never doing that again. Um, when Ned and the cops get back and also some ham and egg sandwiches, um, Nancy's like, okay, so we found a note and we're going to take it to, I think they did decide to take it to Maggie Smith because it's her family. It's her great uncle. So she reads the note which says that he wanted to leave something of value to Francisville. And he was present when the cornerstone to the town was being put in place. He was actually the one who submitted it in there. So he had something behind the cornerstone of the town. And if they're ever in great need, it's there for them. And they're like, well, I think this counts. Let's do it. <laughs> so um, they do a ceremony, actually. Because, uh, again, it's like 100 years since the town was founded. So they have everybody come out there, and Nancy, they're like, Nancy, you've got to be the one to do it, and she's like, ah, I'd rather not, like, Nancy's not here for publicity, so I can't remember who exactly, I think it's, like, the mayor of the town, ooh, side note, the land that they found the stagecoach buried on is actually because the taxes on it were not paid after it was sold, it's actually, um, property of Francisville, so they found the stagecoach in Francisville, and the stagecoach, of course, was in such good condition that they're gonna reassemble it, and it's gonna be fantastic, and they're gonna let Bridgeford borrow it, but it's also gonna be theirs, and it's gonna be fine, and anyway, so they pull out the cornerstone, which, again, I was like, it's, unless I'm misunderstanding cornerstones, this shit has got to be fucking tiny, so they pull out, like, this very tiny box, and inside it, you already knew this was how this was going to play out, are four of the fucking Benjamin Franklin 1851 stamps, un, uncancelled, in a block, and I think it's five blocks of them. Each one would go for $30,000, I'm sorry, for $3,000 in 1960 money. So with five sets, it would be like $1.5 million in today's money, because I did the math. So one $1.5 million for their school. So they're like, oh, my God, this is going to be fantastic. Yes, we're going to use the first school. It's going to be great. And Nancy's like, I wonder what my next case is going to be. <laughs> and I think next time is going to be Fire Dragon, actually. Um, but everybody's like, oh, my God, Nancy, you did so good. And we're so proud of you. And she's like, I know, I'm, I'm, I know. Yeah, good times, good times. Um, also... The culprits are arrested because, of course, they are. We can't in an Nancy without some people being in lockup. Um, Russ and Audrey are, of course, swindlers. You're like, you told us that at the beginning. It, we did not technically know until this point. They did not plan to kill Nancy in the explosion. That was just they wanted her away from the area of the explosion so that they could set it off. And here's the fun thing. So they got involved with fucknuts and... Um, They told him that they thought, and I think that they actually believe this, like they talked to somebody nearby, or maybe he had heard it or something, that the area that the housing development is on, the new one, had some, like, really valuable ore or something to mine underneath it, and the fact that it was on that land meant that, like, it couldn't be touched, like literally that progress was standing in the way of the town having that money and that's what they told him. and so the explosions were to try to unearth some of that ore they were hoping that they were going to find it and I can't remember who told him about this but anyway um the town council was like uh yeah no um we thoroughly tested all that land like there's there's no mysterious expensive ore under there and he is crestfallen his QAnon buddy swore to him that it was just on a landmine full of uranium and it's not and uh, yeah and I was like again like the metaphor of progress is really standing between you because he wanted to be the one who found it he wanted to be the one he wanted to do this thing and like prove that this was a bad thing for them to have done and I was like could he more clearly be in a wearing a MAGA hat again 1960 um where it's like this I'm going to be the hero I'm going to be the one who finds all this stuff and I'm going to become like massively wealthy and like all this stuff just in its head like we don't want any of your newfangled shit and it's like because you literally are so greedy that you can't even stand the idea of somebody else like having any part of it and I was like you do deserve to be in jail at the end of this thing. Also, um, they put an ad in the local paper looking for thugs R us. And some people responded who were into clove hitches. So yeah. So some swarthy people just running around clove hitching people use it for your next euphemism, just clove hitching people, it can mean whatever you want it to mean. It can be Don Draper just smoking a clove cigarette and however you want it to be. Um, so, yeah. So, they're in prison at the end of it. Jail. They're in jail. They haven't been tried. Um, yeah, they're like, yeah, we we didn't mean to blow her up. But also, we would not have been brokenhearted if she had been blown up. And the cops were like, yeah, we're going to write that down. So, yeah. Everything worked out. Except for the explosions. I was like, does this not count as like a fucking terrorist attack for you to be fucking exploding shit? And it, apparently, it wasn't even to, like... But it kind of was, actually, to get people out of the area and kind of afraid of it so that they could get into that land and investigate it and maybe start getting the stuff out of it. So that Geiger counter thing was to just, you know, track down this rare ore or whatever the fuck. <sighs> yeah. Capitalism. Always the culprit. Always. Okay. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. So, at the end of it, Ned gets to be the hero at the end of it and bring egg sandwiches with some ham and also some orange juice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There's no like sweet, tender moments, but there's a lot of Ned being like, yeah. And also me just head that Ned is also Rick. And also that anytime Nancy runs into any guy on a case, that it's Ned wearing a mustache. And that Nancy knows what's going on, and Ned does too. And that, yeah. It's just how they like to spice up their lives, It's just nut and mustache, just occasionally pretend to be other people, like maybe a cop in Fort Lauderdale. You don't know how it's going to play out. You just don't know. Anyway, so yeah. So that's it for this week's episode. If If you're like, no, no, I prefer a Monday, or no, no, I firmly prefer a Friday, then of course you're welcome to let me know on Twitter if you're so inclined. But otherwise, as always, stay sleuthy, my friends.